0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 98. My guest is Joshua Breeland, and we are talking about how to run a comms team and work well with every department. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, the most unique Enneagram 4 of all time.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening in. My name is Seth, and if you're here to help with your church communication strategy and to get better at communicating an important message for your church to your people and to those that don't go, then you're in the right place. Because today we've got a guest, uh, Joshua Breeland, who works at a church in uh, Indianapolis. We'll talk about that in just a second. And we're going to talk about how to lead a team. Or whether it's paid or volunteers, his team's paid, but this, you know, whether you got volunteers or you're just by yourself and you need to build a team. This is some of the strategies on how they do that and then how they work well with other departments. I know that's a common hang up because everybody's got something they want from the comms team. Everybody has their own agenda and, and it's all getting, it's getting everything to go in the right direction according to the overall vision of the church that is difficult for the comms person and, and that team. So he, he does a really good job, I think, of, of getting um, all of these requests and all these things going in the right direction. Well, not just the right, but the same direction. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna discuss how he does that today and that's really an interesting conversation we'll talk about his team his structure and how they're how they're you know how they work together and then how they work with other departments it's really really helpful you can get the show notes for today at SethMews.com slash 98 along with this same audio episode if you want to listen to it online there um, take it with you somewhere i would really love it if you would go to iTunes and give me a review or a rating in the iTunes store um, it's really cool when you uh, I went through there the other day and realized I had a couple of new ones and I didn't realize it. And I got to read some of those. And man, it just really made me feel good for people to go love this podcast and really appreciate what's going on. So um, thank you for saying that. It's really, really encouraging to me to hear that. So, um, you know, just helps helps me kind of go, okay, this is hitting the mark with some people great. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep improving. And uh, I'm really excited about where we're going with this con- with this podcast in the future. So got some really exciting things coming up. Let's get to my conversation with Joshua Breland. Again, show notes are at sethmuse.com slash 98. And if you haven't yet, I would love for you to go check out my YouTube channel and share some things there or like a video or two and just kind of peruse around. I don't have a ton out there yet, but I'm working on that stuff. And i uh, really, really excited about that. So go to sethmuse.com slash YouTube and it will take you to the channel right now. I don't have a, a URL for YouTube yet because I don't have enough subscribers to for them to allow me to do that. So I'm trying to get those subscribers. I'm really close so that it can just be like YouTube slash Church 101 or Seth Mews or something like that. I think it's going to be Church Com 101, but uh, that's the name of the show I typically put up. But anyway, um, go there and check that out. I'm putting up some new things this week, and uh, I'm really excited about that. So let's get to my conversation with Joshua Breland. And thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and my guest today is Joshua Breland. He's the Director of Communications and Strategic Initiatives at College Park Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, who has one of the best website URLs I've ever seen. It's yourchurch.com. It's the one you always type in when you're trying to figure out what church. You don't know the church's URL, and you just type theirs in instead. Follow him at uh, www.josh.com. Dot L-Y. His pastor is put, has just put out a book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. And it's by Mark Vrogup. Vrogup very hard to say. Spell V-R-O-E-G-O-P. Josh, welcome to the show, man.
1: Hey, thanks, Seth. Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: um, I, I, we connected a little bit on, on, uh, in one of the Facebook groups and talked a little bit about um, what you do. So, but before we get into that, let's talk about this website URL that I love so much. The yes. com. I don't know how many times I've have, I have been typing a comment somewhere on Facebook and going, I can't remember the church's site. If you want to do this, type, do this. And I'm, I'm teaching someone how to do something. And then I go, just, t- and here's yourchurch.com as a, an example. I just put your URL there. And then all of a sudden a link appears. And I'm like, what church is this? Who's got this URL? <laughs> That's amazing. So how many? Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got... Been?
1: We've got websites all over the world linking into (laughs) yourchurch.com as placeholder links and different documents and different things. Yeah, so yourchurch.com. So I wish there was a uh, really uh, epic, interesting story about the domain and uh, how we acquired it. Uh, But I'm just going to tell you on the front end, uh, it's pretty anticlimactic. So, from what I've been told, uh, the story is uh, in the late 90s, um, someone here at the church came to the pastor and said, Hey, pastor. Uh, the then-pastor at the time, uh, yourchurch.com is available should we get it. And the pastor said, mm, yeah, let's do that. And so that's how we acquired yourchurch.com.
0: <laughs> back in the days when everyone didn't park websites and own them all. Oh, that's my gosh. right. Had
1: we, had we only known. That's right.
0: <laughs> what a lucky find. Like I'm the same way with uh, my Instagram account. I started it far enough back that I have my just my name, okay. Seth Muse. No spaces, no nothing, and I got all that. I got that early, you know. So I was lucky to have. Oh, yeah. I was lucky to get that. Of course, there's not a lot of Seth Muses in the world. I think there's only three of us, but I've got it. <laughs> and I it like, is
1: funny because you know, yeah. When people share their, uh, it's funny though when people share their, uh, yeah, account names and stuff uh, on podcasts. Uh, I hear people shocked, you know, to hear, oh, you've got, you've got at Dan or at David or Josh, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, it is it is rare to even have your last name now, too, uh, even though there's not a lot of stuff muses. But, yeah, we've we've got our, uh, our URL out on our road signs and people drive in uh, to the campus here. And, uh, and it's 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 easier for uh, for people to 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 remember and to go to our site and to learn more. But it, what's funny is even uh, my first year here, I was uh, I was struggling to remember what our our uh, website was because <laughs> I, I kept wanting to go to College Park Church as a new employee.
0: <laughs> no man it's, your, it's just go to your church site yourchurch.com oh man that's so funny i love i love that and and when you you kind you and i connected online it was like hold up college park are you at the yourchurch.com church and you're like yep that's, <laughs> and i'm like oh man, man. <laughs> if for nothing else man we got to talk about that that's really great yeah so yeah, that's not the
1: first you, time this
0: happened, for sure. It's so easy to buy URLs now, but there's just not many of them. And uh, now that there's a bunch of those extra little, uh, um, you know, what are they called? The Little things that go on the end, not .dot com, .dot net, all those different domains. Um, you could be life .dot church now, and there's so many different possibilities. It's like, man, if you got a really great initiative or something going on, it's cool to to have your own little URL. It's fun. Um. Anyway, so you're the director of communications and strategic initiatives at College Park. What does that exactly entail for you?
1: Yeah, so I lead the communications team uh, here at College Park. We're a a shared services communications team. So we actually uh, serve North Indy, which is our our kind of uh, main church. And then we also have a church planning strategy um, where we plant churches, uh, adopt or plant um, around Indianapolis. And since 2015, we've planted four churches and uh, when they plant uh, they'll incubate for a period of months and then they'll go to their location uh, and then within uh, a year or two years they'll become uh, self-governing and independent but during that time uh, the church plant has uh, an agreement with communications team uh, finance team uh, IT and facilities uh, to really help them grow and to, to get stable uh, so we we serve not only North India but also churches uh, as we plant them. Uh, and then also just the strategic initiatives piece, uh, I just just help with different projects, um, uh, kind of church-wide projects, um, as I have opportunity.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about the structure of that team. How many are on that team for you? Uh, what, is, what, kind, what are kind of the roles? Are they part-time, full-time? What do they do? Uh, just kind of run us through your structure of your communications team that you you head up.
1: Yeah, so uh, our team has myself, and then we have a project manager um, who manages all of our projects and does our vendor relations. Uh, then we have a content manager who manages uh, all of our um, print and digital uh, content. I, I like to think of her as kind of the voice of College Park. She she uh, stewards that important piece. Then um, we have a graphic designer, a video producer, and then a production manager who really manages our print collateral and. Kind of on-site media uh, from our our walls. Uh, we have different uh, panel walls that we that we use, graphical panel walls, uh, as well as uh, kiosks and, and different print collateral uh, around our campus.
0: Right, and that team sources all those church plants until they can do it themselves too. Right.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. And so, yeah. you know, when you do multi-site, you you get the uh, economy of scale, and you can just mm-hmm. push out your different deliverables, uh, all across the city. And, uh, because we don't have a multi-site model, we, we plant churches, um, they have unique needs and they need to say things differently. Yeah. Um, they're, it's just, it's just a lot more complex, but we believe it's worth it. And, uh, and that does create a, uh, some more work for us as we uh, really help these uh, churches meet their communities, specifically saying what they need to say with the right um, photography and the right video and the right strategy. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and, uh, but it's also a lot of work for sure.
0: Yeah. And all you guys are full-time, I assume to do all that. I think I would think you'd have to be at least most of you.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah, we're all full-time.
0: Yeah. Wow. So about 4,000, you say in the church that you meet at in the at the college park location, and then obviously differing ranges and where you've planted. Um, so you got a, you got a decent size, you know, organization going on there. So there's a lot of moving parts, I imagine. Um, what is the leadership structure like for you? Like, I guess I guess, for your position in particular, walk us through kind of where your kind of day-to-day is in working with pastoral leadership, working with your team, uh, working with other departments. Just what is that kind of snapshot of what that looks like?
1: Yeah. So we have the uh, kind of unique privilege to work with every ministry in the church, uh, partnering with them for all of their events, um, all of their initiatives. Uh, while also partnering with um, our executive team and and directional team um, for kind of churchwide vision and churchwide initiatives, uh, so we we meet constantly with different ministry leaders um, to all the way from just ideating on on different uh, ministry events to then um, figuring out what what kind of media we want, what's the theme, and then uh, leaving that meeting, we'd then go and and plot out what are all of our deliverables and really divide the work. Um, so, so yeah, we meet with everyone. Um, when I say we, it's typically uh, myself or our project manager, uh, Heather, who does an incredible job uh, managing projects for the communications team and then just also providing leadership to the team too, is just a, a project manager uh, has to do. Right. And so um, kind of our current structure though, uh, we have a, our lead pastor and executive team and then we have a, a directional team which is uh, nine or ten uh, ministry kind of high level senior leaders uh, leading different ministries um, who also meet uh, once a week and then uh, have goals that they're trying to push across the uh, the church. So uh, we meet with everyone, but really uh, we just we have these kind of different constituent groups too that we that we try to uh, strategically work with and, and help them meet their goals.
0: So so you meet in all those meetings too with those guys. You're you're in all those with them as well
1: uh sometimes i will be in a directional team meeting typically not okay um but what whatever their work is that comes out of that comes comes directly to us typically yeah right
0: all right well that is, i think that's really helpful to understand because i know a lot of churches do things differently and just to kind of get the context for what we're going to talk about here today because you mentioned um you mentioned there's a lot of leadership there that you're you're having to to work with and then and then turn around and and do, I guess is the right word. But um, in, in any kind of situation, there's some overarching principles, of course, that, you know, you have to lead teams well uh, to get things done and and have everybody be happy, which, you know, never happens, but you know, we try, but uh, let's walk through a couple of things that maybe you've learned along the way that have been great leadership principles for leading these teams and keeping all these moving parts going in the same direction. What's something that you can share with us that, you know, just, that you've learned in leadership here?
1: Yeah. So one of the big, uh, big growths we had as a communications team last year, uh, we went through a book together uh, as a team, uh, reading a a chapter two at a time and then coming together and talking about uh, what we, what we took away from those two chapters. And uh, the book was, I don't know if you're familiar, but Checklist Manifesto. Hmm. So Checklist Manifesto is uh, just a, a really great book on, uh, how to incorporate kind of the why to of, of checklists and how they help you function uh, as a team and how they help you be more uh, effective and efficient too so uh, in the book they, the author talks about um, everything from pilots to surgical teams um, to uh, to even uh, rock bands and, hey. and it just gives examples of, of how uh, checklists um, help teams trust one another um, and be uh, highly efficient. And so we actually adopted um, checklists after reading that book for all sorts of things within our team, uh, all sorts of different projects and and processes. And Seth, it has really helped us. I mean, we we now, there's no ambiguity um, about, okay, now what happens? Okay, somebody saw this and approved it, one member of the team, but did the other person? Well, I think so but I'm not sure. And then something falls. And so with these checklists, we've been able to just create this really linear path to, um, to success on different projects. And it's just changed the game for us. And it's, I think it's something that you wouldn't think about a church team doing. Uh, it sounds more like business or maybe that's medicine or, you know, aviation totally get that. But but I would say absolutely churches should look into checklists, um, and how they just take away the ambiguity about what do we do next and what's already happened. You know, right. we spin our wheels so much in ministry, um, just trying to figure out processes and systems. And having a simple checklist uh, really helps adopt better processes and systems. Right. And,
0: and, and I think for, for us here, we use Asana as our checklist task management thing. And one of the most popular questions in a church communications Facebook group is, What do you guys use to manage your projects? You know what? And then you hear Asana, Basecamp, uh, Monday, you hear all these different tools. So you mentioned checklists and and this is a theory. So is this just you create your own kind of checklist or is is there a tool involved or kind of how do you guys keep that? You mentioned there's a there's a workflow, obviously, that you're all working off of. But how did you get to that and what tools are you using to do that?
1: Yeah, so we actually, uh, for our project management software, we use Teamwork. You can learn more about that at Teamwork.com. It's similar to Asana or Monday. I
0: used to use that when I I would do copywriting. It's it's Yeah,
1: it really is great. Um, It's a little more complex than Asana, but we love it. Um, But with our checklist, we've actually been using paper checklists um, and even uh, kind of sticky notes. And then that, like with a sticky note, for example, we would create uh, kind of a proof checklist. So who who needs to proof this? And that's really difficult to do in teamwork because I'm really not in teamwork. Um, Heather is really the owner of our teamwork process. And in the team, obviously they they find their work in there and do it and check it off, but I'm not really in there. And then it's difficult kind of the back and forth, um, just the nature of um, software and being on a computer. Right. So for example, we have a biannual um, piece, that print piece that we that we do um, and we're finishing it up, we're finishing it up now. And on that, we have a sticky note that's got a, um, a checklist on it. And so we can see exactly who needs to see it next. And so if there's a change, we start that checklist all the way over. And so that's where we were noticing, well, how are errors getting into our work? Well, we weren't really tracking who was proofing and at what point. And so when you can take it, a piece of paper that's you know, sticky and put it on there, run it through the checklist, okay, we've got revisions, run it through the checklist again, then everybody's on the same page about what they're agreeing to as far as what they've proved and edited. And so that's just a really simple way um, to provide that just linear path of uh, removing ambiguity and removing variables um, when you're you know, talking about a very expensive piece for your church.
0: Yeah. And doing that, it's obviously very thorough. How, do, how does that affect your speed and getting things cranked out?
1: Yeah, I think it's actually, it's actually helped us because we are far more likely to uh, ignore or miss a notification um, in our inbox this is how we use Teamwork. Teamwork gives us notifications. We're far more likely to, to miss that and ignore it um, than something sitting on our desk or us handing it to one another. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really helped us.
0: So you do like physical copy paper. Here's the, here's the work printed out kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And and really just thinking about print pieces with that example, uh, okay. which we do quite a few print pieces, but yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I know that, uh, for a lot of us, you know, one of the things that we forget about leadership is that we are responsible for the organization and the, uh, the efficiency of our teams. And that's one of the things it's like, because I know as a leader, sometimes I have strengths of my own. You know, I may have, I may be a designer. I might be a social media person. I might be a videographer, editor. Um, and I want to play to that strength. So it makes me want to sit down and start doing work. And one of the things I, had, I realized when I was here with my team is that my job is not to actually, not to actually do that work, it's to do different kind of work. And sometimes the work I need to do is sit back and go, how can we make this work better? And, and organize Absolutely. that too. Yeah, and that's the yeah, part of, that's yeah. a hidden part Absolutely. of leadership. Because at the end of the day, you go home, you go, what did I do today? I have nothing to show. You know, I have no physical yeah. anything to hand anyone and say, I did this today. And you, and you feel like, well, I didn't do much then because I don't have a graphic to show you or a video that I made. And that's what we do, quote and uh that was a hard that's that's a hard lesson
1: it is and what's powerful is when you can then uh push that down that leadership and that strategic thinking down into team members Mm -hmm. who are uh, as they're working you know you've now scaled out um that that helpful strategic thinking um into really these little silos um in the team so that they can be thinking through hey what what, what would be a more efficient way to do this? Or what's a checklist that I need to make? Because I'm noticing that I'm, I'm, I'm failing it or struggling in this. Um, yeah. So once, once it can get outside of just the, uh, the head of the, the leader of the team, and everyone can be uh, thinking about that. And re- it's just about creating culture, right? It's creating yeah. that culture of how do, uh, how do I leverage checklists uh, to help us win and to help us have less, uh, less errors and less drops.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about something, another leadership principle that you may have learned in leading some of these teams. Um, what else What else have you seen?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that, that we've been focusing on here is is really sharing the why behind the what. And, you know, at times for fast-moving teams in a, in a fast-moving church, uh, explaining why um, something needs to happen or what's the thought behind it, it mm-hmm. can just seem really Slow and it seems like there's not a lot of ROI on it. But you know, as as you're trying to to create trust um, on your team, but also just across teams, uh, having that 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 extra effort of sharing the why behind the what it's just huge. Uh, we've seen it in in different projects um, recently to where you know even if you're trying to negotiate, well, we think we should do something different than we've done the past five years, right? So just think change management or trying to to um, to influence change. Uh, really having those conversations first about why instead of just showing up to meetings with your grand vision, it mm-hmm. just helps so much relationally. Um, and, you know, people, people love to hear that you care about their ministry. So just speaking to communication scenes here, people, other ministries love to hear your heart for their ministry because yeah. what they want to do is they want to do work unto the Lord. They want to do the best they can. You know, to your point earlier about Going home without a design or something, just like you did headwork, knowledge work all day. You know, they want to, they want their event, their their flyer, their invite card, their microsite, um, their podcast, whatever it is. They want, they want that to be excellent. And uh, and so for you to be able to share your heart behind that and not just your competence is just huge.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's amazing. Um, I wrote a blog not long ago called "There's No Tada in Team." And it's about that very thing. You walk into a room and you go, here's my grand vision. And I'm so excited about it. And here <laughs> it is. And everybody in the room goes, "Um, okay. And they, and, they're, and, they're, and they start to pick it apart or they see something you didn't see. And it just deflates you. It's, it feels like this wet blanket moment, but really it is. They're just hearing it for the first time. You know, they may, Absolutely. maybe they're, maybe they're totally on board. They're just already thinking even ahead and going, "How can we make this happen?" And they forgot to get excited about it first because that's just not how they're wired. But you know, you're coming in with this grand thing I want to do and go, "Ta-da!" I've held all these things close to my chest, <laughs> and you do this big unveil. And I just think the big reveal is is uh, is the old attractional model of the church thing that just doesn't work. there's no there's nothing we're gonna do that's just gonna be wow you know it's like i can't believe they did that unless you're spending you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something crazy to your stage or something like that or you know like babylon b always says that elevation has the water slide on the church they don't but (laughs) it's a funny it's a funny (laughs) like some churches might go you know what a water slide in the baptismal on stage not a bad idea you know and that's the kind of thinking that you know uh just makes it makes me laugh but you know, we come in with those kinds of ideas and sometimes they, they go, you know, a water slide is not a real great idea. And we just feel like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so so I, I, I always, with leadership, you know, one of the things we have to we have to remember to do is uh, is like you're saying that, is giving that why and bringing people along from, the, from, from almost from the start, you know, to help yes. them buy in, to help them speak into it, to help. Give them a chance to, to poke holes in it and see if it's even a good idea, you know, because, you know, I know it doesn't always happen, but the best idea should win. It just doesn't always do that. But this could help. So I think that's great. <laughs> what, uh, what, what else have you seen in, in leadership with you? What are you guys going through?
1: Yeah, so there's a, uh, something uh, I've been keeping up with lately. There's a, there's a book out there called Radical Candor. It's, a, it's more of a oh, business yeah. book. So, you know, yeah, take, I'm, take I'm about it, halfway through uh, it right now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, radical candor, I really can't recommend it enough because I think the church, um, I think the church struggles with candor. And, uh, and I say that even, you know, admitting my own, uh, issues with candor. Um, but I I really want to grow in that and I've seen us grow in it. Um, you know, as a team and then as, as a, as a leader working with other teams, it really doesn't serve you to avoid conflict. Hmm. It just doesn't serve you. You need to have the conflict and you need to to, um, express yourself, express uh, even your feelings at times, Um, go into a meeting, get it all out on the table. Let's talk about it. Let's build trust. Know that we all care about each other. We all love each other. Um, We all have uh, each other's best interests at heart, but be candid and and go Hmm. forth in that uh, with the ability to really leave the room with a consensus and locked, uh, you know, arm in arm ready to go fulfill whatever that, that, uh, next step was that, that mission that came out of that meeting. And so, you know, just thinking about radical candor in one-on-ones, you know, what are, what are you, what are you not saying in one-on-ones that, you know, what, what would happen if you did share that next week? Um, or, you know, I'm thinking from, um, from leader to direct report, but maybe uh maybe to your leader and in, in your next one-on-one. What would you um you kind of wish you were saying, but you're really not being candid and you're you're kind of afraid. Um yeah. What do you need to say? And so uh yeah really can't recommend that enough. Radical Candor they've they've got a there's a book out um as you mentioned Seth and then there's uh there's a podcast as well with some really really um helpful examples. And I think on church on church staff, especially larger church staffs, um, you're just you're just kind of trying to navigate the waters of who can I who can I really be open with, and trying to make those judgments of who you let in, and then who do you kind of um, not let in? Maybe as far and we do that every day with relationships outside of of a church staff as well. And so with this principle of radical candor, it really just cuts through all of that um, difficult gauging. Um, that we do with, with trust and, uh, and just puts it on the table and says, you know, I have things that I need to say to you. Um, and I haven't been comfortable doing it, but if you would let me be candid, I would love to share this with you. Um, and I think it will help us going forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, absolutely. Radical candor. Um, can't recommend that enough.
0: And on your team. Do you feel like you've found a really good balance with that? And, you know, how, my question is a leader, to your team first would be, how do you make your team feel safe to do that? And then as a direct report to your leader, how do you coach up a little bit if your leader maybe isn't ready to do that?
1: Yeah. So the both, both are, are, are difficult. I would say with your team, um, psychological safety, you kind of always want to be creating psychological safety, Um, in in every atmosphere for your team. So whether that's a a full team meeting, whether it's a one-on-one, a a huddle, a stand-up, even going out and doing something fun. Uh, As a leader, you just want to be always thinking about psychological safety. Do people feel safe here? And and if I say this or do this, will that make them feel unsafe or untrusting? Mm -hmm. So with our team, um, I've just tried to model it. um, And I've also asked for it. So by modeling it, Saying, "Hey, I just want to be really candid with you. Um, whenever I see you do this, um, it makes me feel this way, or it makes me think this. Um, I'm not sure if that's correct, but that's that's what I'm perceiving. Uh, so that would be a, a, an easy way to uh, to be candid with a, with one on one, you know, with with a director or with a supervisor. Um, I've got a great great supervisor, um, our lead executive pastor, Paul Spilker." who, um it's just fantastic uh I trust him so much but you know just just me and my own baggage and my own personality I haven't always felt um like I could be candid and honestly when I when I started reading radical candor and listening to the podcast learning what how businesses uh, were able to leverage that um I just started taking personal risk and they're not they weren't real risks because I could say anything to Paul I knew I could I was just choosing not to um, yeah. And and it has only made our relationship better. It's only helped uh, helped us really find a um, a stride or a sweet spot in in how we interact with one another and and how um, he can coach me uh, as I lead my team. So yeah, absolutely. Just you know, I, I think Seth, you're probably feeling this too, reading the book. But if you get engaged with their content, um, you're going to feel empowered to to be candid and to to really uh, introduce this and and honestly i would recommend going through that um uh, either some blog posts or even the book uh with your team and i think that just putting it on the table of oh yeah this is a framework we can use we're all saying that we're all we we all have a social contract here that we're going to we're going to be candid with one another and trust one another in that and i think you can just go really deep with your team by doing that
0: yeah i agree and we you know to do, to be really candid with your team and to invite it back without hostility is um, it does require a ton of trust to do that. And part of that trust, I think, is built. And, and I have this, uh, I just I just got a new boss. And, you know, we've had to build some trust because we just don't know mm-hmm. each other, you know. And he's done a really good job of letting me kind of work through things and say stuff to him that I felt, even if it wasn't going to make him feel very good. And he's he's done a great job of not reacting to that, And, and just, and we've talked through some things and um, gotten to a place where I really enjoy working for him, you know, and and it really is a a pleasure to, 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 to serve together. And, you know, that's just one of those things where it, 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 you have to build that trust and candor is one of those ways that actually builds it, but it also requires it. And so it's like, it really takes just this huge step of faith with people that they're not going to burn you. Um, we listened to this Andy Stanley teaching, which are, I love Andy Stanley. Um, but it was called, uh, if you want to go look it up, it's a podcast called Truth Versus Suspicion. And he said, whenever something weird happens that you don't understand, you feel affronted or offended or something's going on, you don't understand. There's a gap that opens up between you and whoever has done this. And you can choose to fill that gap with either trust or with suspicion and suspicion thinking they have the, the worst intentions for you or whatever but uh that only breeds some real negativity and 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 you know just really unhealthy for a team but um when you fill it with trust it it kind of forces you to go to that person and go i don't think you meant this but what did you mean when you said this and it, it forces the relationship a little bit if you yes if you can force trust into that gap so brilliant um but i think that's what you're talking about with with this candor Thing you, it for you have to force trust into that gap with your leadership and with your team, um, and then when your team comes to you, I think too, something I, I always have to learn is not to react and not to go, what? Oh my gosh, that's dumb, you know, and, and freak out. And like, I don't bring anything to him, man, he freaks out, you know. And uh, I'm not even freaking out on them. It's just they don't want to deal with it. Maybe their person that doesn't like a lot of emotions or whatever, and and you're and you're quick to react. But um, but I think that's really smart leadership man is to think about that kind of stuff and just constantly be aware. yeah
1: you know at the end of the day seth you've got to love your people too you have to have a genuine love for them because there's nothing i'm thinking about the communications team there's nothing that any of my team could say to me that would make me think less of them or love them less or not or want anything less than the best for them and so if that's reality Mm Do they know that? And just knowing communications is not, uh, you, you can't communicate fully just by modeling and you can't communicate effectively just by saying something once or twice. It is a constant affirmation right. of, hey, I care about you. Um, I want the best for you. And just know that there's nothing you could say, even on a bad day, that would ruin our relationship because I'm committed to you as a brother, sister in the Lord, and also as a member of this team.
0: That's awesome. Well, man, uh, this has all been really incredible to think through in communication space. I know we always focus on the how-to, but um, one of the biggest how-tos, I think, for communication directors is you can know how to do all the things, but if you're not leading well and leading up and understanding relationships, you're not going to do anything that you know how to do. You're going you're to get, get shut down. So this leadership in communications is a really important you know, thing that we should be discussing. And so I'm really thankful that you came on to talk about this. Any other um, kind of last parting shots of wisdom for communication directors specifically, but just leaders and and how we can go forward and and lead well?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think having a morning posture of gratitude is really where your day begins. And if you don't have that, um, especially in church work, which is often, uh, it's often thankless. And you often are um, behind the scenes. Um, you're not front and center. And even as, you know, I've I've served in church as just a, the one man show um, for communications. You know, if you're not starting off with a deep foundation of gratitude um, for the Lord, saving you and bringing you to this point, and then also just for um, those around you, Uh, it's going to be really difficult to lead anything well in the church. Um, Church work is so hard. It is so complex. I had lunch earlier with uh, a couple entrepreneurs who um, are getting to make quick, fast decisions that really they're not having to to answer to anyone. It's just them and they're doing their thing. And I identified six um, pretty large uh, stakeholder groups here at College Park that we have to be thinking through. Uh, when we make big moves and that's complex and that's hard and and you may not even get thanked for it and you may not even be at the table as much as you want to be and so just start every day with a with some type of practice of gratitude and uh and communing with the lord because if you don't have that uh the days are just gonna they're gonna tear into you um so yeah that's what i would leave people with
0: oh they're gonna drag on they're gonna be hard And uh, you're going to find yourself fighting the windmills, right? Uh, It's going to be be tough. Well, again, Josh, thanks so much, man. This is, this is incredible. This is really helpful to talk about. And um, just again, you know, guys go connect with Josh and, uh, and connect with um, your pastor and find his book on Amazon. We'll put all those links in the show notes for all the things we've discussed any of the books that we've talked about. I may have to, blank out one of the words for the the radical candor book but it is a good book um <laughs> but uh you definitely uh, want to get want to pick that up and um so thank you so much man for being here i really appreciate it
1: thanks Seth.